Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to another week. This is the Live Life of Wrestling Podcast. I guess you didn't know that already. And my name, since I got my boy Mike Mahler in the house. What's going on, man? What's going on, man? Doing good. How was that UFC this past weekend? That was pretty badass, huh? Man, that was pretty awesome. I mean, Help. at this point, I must say, and I know by the time everyone hears this show, it's going to be about two weeks after that, after that pay-per-view. But <laughs> fact of the matter is this. I mean, this is the thing about our show. By the time we record it, you guys hear it a little bit late. So if we talk about things like UFC or we talk about that jackass that owns the Clippers who just pretty much got banned for life for being a racist, you know, the thing is, yeah, it makes it like old news to you, but you know what? It's still news. And when we put our spin on it, it makes it even better news. <laughs> so, yeah, but anyway, yeah, that was a damn good pay-per-view, man. And honestly, I was, and pretty much I told Ken, as we were texting back and forth, our friend Ken Blackburn, uh, before the fight, he was asking me, like, what are my predictions? And I told him pretty much John Jones will win. But I told him how it was going to happen. I said he's going to end up using his range and he's going to really go toward use those kicks and and get <clears throat> and get Glover up against the ring. I mean, excuse me, right. against the wall and just really grind him out because Glover's a tough dude. But his cardio has always been a little suspect and just going to just grind him out and bully him a little bit. And right. Pretty much, he didn't really bully him, but he, well, yes, he did. He bullied yeah. the crap out of him. Quite a bit. <laughs> you know, quite a bit right there. But I told Ken, I said, look, if, if Jones can weather the first two rounds, it's smooth sailing from there. It's just going to be a, it's just going right. to be a bully festival from there. And it's going to be some old school, almost Randy Couture type stuff. Just get him up against the, the ring and just wear him out, man. And just boom, short, everything's short, short, short. And then step back, long range, long range. And pretty much, man, it was textbook. Almost everything I said, it happened. So I, I'm going to go back and say this one more time. The only real threat in 205 for John Jones is Alexander Gustafson. That's yeah, and I, and I think that's a real threat. I think no, that's that, a real I threat. Think, I think Gustafson has a really good chance of beating him. But, of course, you know, John's going to reset his game, too. He's not yeah. done. Yeah, he trains extremely well for each fight. He did a great job against Glover because mm-hmm. Boss, Boss Rudin even said when he came on our show that Glover has to beat him in the first two rounds if exactly. he wants to win. And Glover looked great in the first two rounds. And then you notice there was a change. Well, by, <laughs> by the, the, third, the third round, it's, it, things started turning the other and way. In the fourth and then round, he looked confused. Picking him apart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, looked, he, 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 looked, he, he looked like he didn't have an answer anymore. And you could yeah. kind of see when he was in this corner, he was pretty much ready to stop. You yeah. know, you, you can just tell. And, you know, John Hackleman just pretty much had to get him amped up. Like, you're still in this fight. You're going to keep fighting. You know, you, but you can see Glover looking like, I'm mm, sorry. Not believing a word you're saying. <laughs> to my, you're not the one getting hit with these short elbows, man. Nope. I think I'm done. <laughs> you know, and you pretty much saw that in that fifth round. It's just kind of like, you know what? And then I think Pride kicked in right there toward the middle of the fifth round. Like, okay, dude, you can't go out like this. So. <laughs> so, plus, plus, after John did that Ray Lewis dance, <laughs> better, better go win Hell after that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that was hilarious. <laughs> so it wasn't the best Ray Lewis impersonation, but damn it, dude, after that, yeah, you got to win. Because that Ray Lewis dance and then that high-pitched scream. It's like, yeah. man, Oh, that Brock Lesnar scream? Because <laughs> Brock, Brock Lesnar did the same scream on um, WWE about a couple of months ago. It was like, dude. That just discredited anything that you've ever accomplished in your life. He's like, yeah! I'm like, oh, wow. Can you sound just a little bit more girly, please? And then you got John Jones, yeah! Yeah! I'm like, you don't, you don't sound like the champ, dude. <laughs> but yeah, man, but you gotta love the fact he was trying to throw in those axe kicks. Those axe kicks, man, that was pretty fucking awesome. I just no. wish one of those had connected. You know, so it was very, it was very reminiscent of Anderson Silva. Yeah. And, and speaking of which, you know, I saw a video of him last week training. Man, I don't know what's going to happen when he steps back in the octagon, but he's 
He's almost looking like his old self again. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, he is kicking that bag, and I saw one of those kicks was the same kick that broke his leg. When I saw that, I was like, no, no, you need need to stop practicing that kick. Okay, that kick is not a great kick to do right now. But, dude, he is attacking that bag like it was nothing. But it was like this. Two months ago, he was pretty much just already starting to just do some pad work and just striking and not so much footwork, and he was already looking good, almost as if December never happened. So one thing about it, this dude's res- resiliency is like ridiculous. So it'll be interesting to see when he comes back. What's you know who's going to come back as far as Anderson. So I think, um, oh gosh, so you got Rashad dropping down to one eighty five, I believe. So I, I think oh, is that really is that confirmed now? He's dropping I, down. I, I would. I mean, that was the last I heard. Because and, he's ranked see, at number two right now but as come a 205 But come on. They got Daniel Cormier ranked at number five. And this dude's only fought one nobody in 205. <laughs> and I was telling Ken that I'm like, dude, I disagree with that. Please, you can't, you can't just carry over someone's ranking from another weight division. Just to, You can't do that. Just because no. he was ranked whatever at heavyweight, just because he decides to drop down, you don't just, okay, okay, cool, take your number with you. You know, so we can't give you number two or number one, but how about number five? Yeah, that sounds good. Come on, man. He is untested, really, at 205. He hasn't really. And, 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 I, and, I, and I don't see him beating John anyway, if he uh, works no, on No, no. I don't see that, I don't see I don't that see happening. That happening. And on top of that, that 205, the whole ranking right now, 205, is so suspect. I mean, you, got, you still have Dan Henderson in the top ten. Um, come on, man. Let's stop it. I mean, let's stop one, one. Okay, just won his last one. But prior to he all those other ones, three before that. lost three before that. But he's still ranked in the top ten. Like, who does these freaking rankings? Like, who are they in bed with here? So you know, that's the question. But then you know, my thing is now, as far as Rashad, you got you know Anthony Johnson who looked great. Awesome. Finally, yeah, he, he found. Great. I mean. He's done finally what everybody's been saying. Like, dude, this is where you belong. I almost placed a bet on him, man. I was going to drive up to the M Casino up the road from where I live and go, ah, I think I'll place a bet on him. I think he might have – I think he might. I think he has a good chance. I just didn't get around to it, and I wish I did. Yeah, my only issue, the only reason why I didn't pick him when I put my picks up online was just the fact I was still kind of just questioning the ring rust. And yeah. not the ring yeah. rust of – because he has fought six fights before that, but right. the ring rust of being back in the octagon right, and, exactly. and really having – be, I was worried about that adrenaline dump of co- trying to come back and prove himself. Right, but right, right, right. Phil had no answer, man. It, it just Nothing. looked, it, it was ugly. And I like Phil Davis, but that was just like, ooh, dude. You just kind of, you have no answer for this because Phil's never really gone up against someone that freaking strong. And so that would be a good fight with him and John, but it would just be it, on a strength factor. On a strength factor. Now, cardio, again, now Anthony looked good. Finally, his cardio looked good, but again, because he didn't starve himself the entire time. So it'd be really, after about maybe another one or two fights, if he wins in the same fashion he just did with Phil, it'll be interesting to see him and John go at it. Not saying that I would necessarily say that he would beat John, but it'd be a fun fight to watch. You know, it'd be kind of uh, almost as much fun as watching when Vitor fought him, when he fought John. That was a fun fight. No doubt. So it's every now and then throw a beast in there, you know, so John has to, you know, get his strength game up in order in order. to. It it would be interesting if John went up to heavyweight at some point and challenged Kane. That would be really interesting. That'd be really interesting. And that's another division. It's kind of like, well, when we're talking about like with Glover, it reminded me a lot of Junior Dos Santos going against Kane. That that entire match because of the same tactics. Like, like, dude, you're not just coming. This is not a boxing match. You're going to have to step your game up and go, you have to be well-rounded. And so you'd think people would have learned from the days of like Rampage and all those guys back then, and even Chuck. You know, these guys, yeah, they, they had wrestling in their, in their game. They had jiu-jitsu and all that, but they never went to it. They just wanted to knock somebody out, knock somebody out. Don't you think your opponent, especially a champ, would realize that? So, yeah, man, they just got to 
got to kind of let go of those old ways and things like that. And that's why I feel like it's always the new breed that's going to come in, man, and really shake things up. And that's why you have some of the current champions that you have because they are that new breed because they're well-rounded. Right. They're not right. stuck on just one style of doing things. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So it'll be it's, – it's interesting. But like I said, right now, 205 to me, other than Gustafson, is almost null and void <laughs> as far as the, the top ten that they have. Like, I think so, too. Like, I think I think Gustafson and the, the John Jones, I think the next fight will be even better than the first one. At least yeah. I hope so. I hope it's not something where someone gets knocked out in the first round. Oh, that would be uh, lame. Yeah, exactly. I want to see another war again, and I think both guys are going to be real game. For that, right. so that sh- I hope that happens before the end of this year, which it should. That'll yeah. be really exciting. Yeah. Hopefully, everybody stays healthy, you know. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so. So that'd be a good so. way to have you know to end the year again <laughs> in December, you know. But actually, do it at the end of December instead of doing it at the very beginning and then having a fluke happen like this past December. <laughs> but Anderson's like, wait, yeah. man, I waited all year for this. <laughs> that was so anticlimactic, man. Yeah, that was that was the word. You just had that empty feeling of that's it. It's like now, what do we do? Yeah, I would have. We need empty, to go do something. <laughs> yeah, I would have had an empty feeling if I actually bought tickets and came out to Vegas to see that. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. trust me, I've been in that situation. Like the last fight, I actually flew out to Vegas to see. I think it was when Rashad fought Rampage, and that was such a snooze fest. It was just a wrestling match. I'm like, dude. I didn't spend all this money to come to Vegas to watch this. Okay. And after that, I think I was done coming to Vegas to watch fights live. So the last one I, I saw was actually here in Houston. And that was a great one. That's when um, Kenny Florian fought um, Aldo and right, Frankie right. and Frankie and um, Gray Maynard fought. And that was freaking awesome. But so far, every pay-per-view they've had, every fight they've had here in Houston has been awesome and been worth the money. So, I mean, that was the same, just the same city that GSP lost his title to Matt Serra. <laughs> so it's always been exciting. So, yeah, so far, so good with Houston. So I'm just going to stay my butt at home if I want to actually go and pay to go see a fight. I think actually the last fight with Kane and Junior, I think it was here uh, back in October as well. But we just ended up having like a fight party here at my house. So I'm like, eh. Don't feel which like which is a better option, honestly. <laughs> exactly. I, I've been to a UFC live. I went with Steve Maxwell. A couple, I actually went, it wasn't a couple weeks ago, it was a couple years ago mm-hmm. with when he, when Nick Diaz fought BJ Penn and, and Maxwell was training Joe Rogan at the time. So right. we had really good seats. I mean, we weren't that far from the octagon, but even then you couldn't see that much. Right, exactly. I mean, cause you probably had Shaq sitting in front of you or something like that. So, so yeah, it's, so yeah, suffice it to say, man, it's not worth the freaking money. Because, like I said, we had the no. welfare seats. I'm sitting up there against the wall. We couldn't even lean back. And you got companies like StubHub and all these scalpers buying up all the tickets. So right, you end right. up paying 400 bucks, man, for like a crappy seat. I'm over it. And guess what? I can sit here in my house, invite some of my boys and my, my friends and come over here, man, have a good time. And so last time it's like uh, actually Ken. Ken was in town, so we were teaching a certification for the IKFF that weekend. We just watched it here at my house. And that's what's going to happen from now on. <laughs> so saved about a good 400 to 800 bucks so now, that's the way to go it's more fun you're comfortable like you said have some friends come over i've done that several times at my house and that's always a good time exactly. so that's that's definitely the best way to see that it's not this it's not the same as going to a, a concert a concert live is a totally different totally experience different. than watching it on tv at home right no one right no one's gonna invite a bunch of friends <laughs> over it's like hey man i'm gonna watch prince on pay-per-view oh, hey, come over? hey we're gonna watch <laughs> coachella on access tv you want to come over and watch outcast live <laughs> because yeah that is a, a much different experience concerts are that's where i like to blow money on really good seats yeah. at a great venue because that's a fun time and when i was a kid you know you couldn't afford I mean, you could barely afford any concert ticket let alone premium seats so that wasn't even an option but you so know. I, I remember when I was a teenager, I go, man, 
know, when I when I start making money down the road, I'm going to splurge on really good seats. And sure enough, that's what I've done, especially in Las Vegas, where so many good concerts come through here, and they play at medium sized venues most so of the time. So every seat's a good seat. Yeah, every seat's a good seat, and then you can get a VIP table right over the stage where you have open bar if you want. You can get a group discount if you have a whole bunch of people coming with you. So many of these different venues out here have great options like that, and I'm really hoping there's a good concert for our course in yeah, September. I was, just, yeah, I was about to say cool. the same thing. I was thinking the same thing right now. Like, man, it would be pretty awesome. Plus, I'll say this: since the course is happening in September, there are a lot of great tours going on at that time because yeah. I, I know like nine inch nails is coming to houston the month before in yeah, august coming here in july going ah to bastards so nine inch nails and, and Soundgarden. Soundgarden. Garden. Yeah, that's exactly. gonna be badass so i will be there for that. that show in houston man yeah and it's been a while since we've had like a summer full of great shows but right now it's it's a lot of good a lot of good stuff going on this summer so this will be one of those summers where I'll be sweating a lot because, you know, one of our venues is outside. Even though when it's covered, that means nothing in Houston in the summertime. You can cover it all you want. Unless it's, unless it's covered with a sheet of ice, it's still going to be hot outside. But, man, it's so worth it for a lot of these <laughs> shows, man. So, yeah, definitely be there for that. Let's talk about um, the course really quickly. You know, Speaking so. of the course, we have 32 people. And by the time that you hear this episode, that special for podcast listeners is long gone. So don't even think about emailing me or Sincere <laughs> and asking to get in that price because the answer is going to be an emphatic no. And we made it real clear that you have the entire month of April to get in at the lowest price possible, seven ninety nine ninety five. We mentioned it on every single episode since in February. April. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I sent out the email to the list of people who asked to be in the loop for more information. I sent an email out twice to those people. Thirty two people signed up out of that list. And you guys are awesome, man. It's gonna be a killer event. We have space for eight more people. We're not going to take any more registrations until the ad copy is up on our respective websites. So that'll be that'll be out whenever these guys get around to writing their ad copy. (laughs) That could that could be first week of May. It could be June. You know, who knows when Steve Cotter, for example, is going to get around to writing ad copy. It could be August. (laughs) You you may have like never happen. We may just say, you know what? Let's just stick with those thirty-two people. (laughs) It's just not worth the not worth the hassle. You know. (laughs) But anyway, at some point we'll do that. So the, the link that I sent out for people to use to sign up for the course, that's not going to work anymore starting May 1st. I mean, we're recording this in the last two days of April, but starting May 1st, I'm just going to deactivate that link so that that's just not going to be available to sign up. So again, we'll, we will have a new pricing structure and ad copy whenever we get around to that. And none of us are really in a big hurry to get around to that because we already have 32 people signed up, you know. So it's it's not really at the top of a priority list. We'll get around to it when we get around to it and get yeah. those eight more people to come in. Here's what's awesome: I, when we sent that out and when we started saying, you know, get on the VIP list, we had about what about like 70 people, maybe. Yeah, it was, right I think around. it ended up being about 65 people by the time we started so, blasting out. Here's what's awesome: out of 65 people, 32 people jumped on it. It's gonna be a lot of fun in September. And like I said, we'll get the ad copy up eventually for the remaining eight spots. And then, like I said, we're just going to have a good time in September, man. It's going to be a great course. Yeah, September is going to be awesome, man. We're gonna, I'm actually, I have two locations that I'm looking at. One's, one's guaranteed. The other one is I'm negotiating with them, but not so much anymore because we have our friend Tim Larkin, who has graciously said we can use his facility for the course. So I'm just going to weigh a few pros and cons, make a decision by July, just see how many people we have coming out to the course. If we end up having you know, 40 plus, then I would like to use the bigger location. It's not 
exactly where I wanted to be. The other locations closer to my house and closer to some of the hotels I had in mind for the group discounts. But it'll all work out. Don't worry yeah, about that. Definitely. We're going to take care of all those logistics. It's going to be a super awesome course. We're going to get everything straightened away as promised. And we're going to make sure we have some fun extra- extracurricular activities. And we have plenty of time to make all that stuff happen. We have a good four months to get everything nailed down. Yeah. And the reason why I'm saying all this is for those of you that did sign up, you will be get, you'll be privy to this information as it comes around. So as, yeah. the, as the group hotel deal is finalized, we'll get that out to you so you can book that straight away. As we get the location info, we'll get that out to you. It's going to be cool. a killer course. It's going to be a fun time. You definitely want to come out. And what's cool is it's, it's, I'm always amped up to train anyway, but now I have an extra surge of being amped up because mm-hmm. you want to come in in the best shape you can be so that mm-hmm. people are really impressed. I mean, I like coming into an event like this just ready to crush it, lifting heavier bells than I normally do, just being a more energetic, more fired up. So it's it's cool to have events like this as a way to give yourself an extra level of motivation. And I know a lot of the students are going, I'm really going to ramp up my training because I want to come into that just ready to crush it and have a good time. Yeah, and speaking of that, and here's one of the reasons why I am I'm amped up about that because Right now, I have to take a break. I have to let my body recover, whether I want to or not. So here's the thing. I've said it a million times. Our bodies are much smarter than us. Compared to our bodies, we're dumbasses. You know, because the thing is, a lot of times we train on ego in in what we think is instinct, but it's really not. Usually it's just out of habit. And sometimes you just really need to just shut up in your head and listen to your body. Otherwise, it's going to make you listen one way or the other. And that's what's happening with me right now, which, you know, it's funny because a lot of people get very frustrated when they have an injury or they have to take time out of training. Actually, I was very excited that this happened. A, because it made me do some things that that, okay, when you get caught up in the rigmarole of life and you're working on things and you're like, okay, I got to try to get my training in. Just like when we talked about um, on a couple of shows ago with Max Shank, you know, you just you're so busy, especially when you're running a business that. You're just happy if you can just get in just a few minutes of training just to get it in there. And that's what's been going on because just between, you know, the course, you know, trying to get stuff together for that, doing the show, producing the show and still running classes and all that. Just really trying to get in and just get any type of workouts and get in there. But I just feel like probably in the last few months and probably like the last year or so when you throw in all the kettlebell competitions, it was just time that right below like where my scapula is. That little area was probably getting overtrained just because of the fact that I compete in snatch. And, you know, the, probably the one thing that's worked out for me is that I really haven't trained as far as kettlebell sport for snatch in the last few months. I started focusing more just really working on deadlifts and overhead pressing. But the thing about that is, you know, the recovery has to be a little bit more dialed in. Yeah, I still was doing I was still doing my recovery and joint mobility, but really probably should have added a lot more to it and taking the time to go in for a little bit longer than the usual time that I would do joint mobility and any type of recovery after that. And also see my chiropractor a little more often. So come to find out that um, we were actually, we received um, Boz's O2 trainer, Boz Rutten's O2 trainer. Right. And I was going to shoot a video and just do shoot a video workout and give my review of it. But the day I was shooting that video, I was doing double unders, doing box jumps, and just really trying to ramp up the cardio while I was wearing the O2 trainer. And then when I went over to do some snatches, so basically I was supersetting all this with no rest really in between other than to go to the next station. When I went over to do the snatches, everything was great with my right hand. Pretty much I um, was using the 24 and was trying to get about 20 to 25 reps in a minute. And <clears throat> did that for a couple of minutes on one side. And then as soon as I went over to my left side, 
which is probably the more dominant side for me. Probably the first rep, I can just tell like, oh, this doesn't feel right. Then the second rep, I just knew like, you know what? Don't even try to go overhead. I just racked it, put it down. Well, pretty much my lat just kind of shut down, just shut off to the point. I was like, mm-hmm. and the thing is, wasn't going to let my ego get the best of me. Like, oh, I, I, I do snatches. You know, I, I compete in this. I can get this overhead. No, I was like, no, put the bell down. So I knew something was not right and kind of felt that anyway. Just did, probably just thought like, OK, I'm a little tired. Whenever I try to do push-ups or burpees or anything like that a couple of days before, just thought like, okay, you need to just take a break. But after that, with the snatch situation, I realized, okay, it's time to go get this checked out. So pretty much I took about a week off of training, set up an appointment with a chiropractor. Then come to find out that I have costal vertebral dysfunction. So it's nothing super-duper serious, but it can become something super serious. It's pretty much like where the rib and the muscle meet right there at the bottom of the rib cage. It kind of just protrudes a little bit. So what's required is going to be some adjustments, probably about five or six adjustment sessions to really help it out. Some ice and some heat, of course, and just kind of taking it easy. And after one adjustment, I must say that it felt even better. I could actually press something overhead. Now, of course, I would just, it was just trying to test something out. So I went with a light weight just to see that. But trust me, two weeks ago, couldn't even do, a, I couldn't even like press a 12 kilogram bell overhead without feeling some type of numbness. Right. Whereas now, yeah, I pretty much, I think after that first adjustment session, I probably got about a 10 to 20% improvement just in that area. So it's very promising. So it's not like I'm going to keep on trying to work out or anything like that. But just to test things out yesterday, I can say this. Two weeks ago, I couldn't. I went to pull on a deadlift, 315. It was just sitting there. And 315 usually for me is easy. Okay. And I went to pull that. Man, it sucked. That thing felt like death pulling off the floor. And so that's when I was going to like, okay, yeah, definitely need to go see a, see a chiropractor. And so now, two weeks later, yesterday, 375 was sitting there. So went to pull that in a sumo stance, no problem. I was like, oh, wow. So then went to talk to one of my clients, took about 10 to 15 minutes, talked to her, came back over and said, okay, before I leave the gym, let's make sure this wasn't a fluke. (laughs) So went back over, pulled 375 again, easily this time. So I was like, okay, on the road to recovery and I'm done. Trust me, I'm not going to be doing any more deadlifts now, probably for another, probably until I've got that fifth or sixth adjustment. So, but I just know that whatever he did that first time, the things he did, I'm already on the road to improvement. And again, listening to my body, I'm not going to sit there and try to push the envelope here. I'm actually going to enjoy this recovery period because I actually, just from that, I can tell when I do come back, I'm going to be a lot stronger. And so I can actually hit some goals that I actually set out for myself for this year, which up until this point, those goals will seem like they were out of reach, especially just with deadlifts and where I want to go with that. So it was starting to suck. I was getting a little frustrated, but now I realize why those things were happening. And so, of course, also, this is a very inflamed area, so I'm really, it's making me really dial in what I'm eating as well so I don't sit there and feed the inflammation that's going on around that, that area. So really cut back on a, a lot of, just like I said, meat consumption and pretty much kick dairy to the curb and all these different things that can raise inflammation as far as food and just really focus a lot on just fruits and vegetables right now. So, and I've been good with that because man, I'm starting my day off with like, um, there's these little baby watermelons that we have cause they're finally in season here in Texas. And I'll just eat half of those for when I get up in the morning and it keeps me full throughout the day. 
and it's been flushing me out big time. So it's kind of been a bit of a detox as well. So even before <laughs> we started the show, I had to tell Mike, I was, hey man, let me uh, let me go see a man about a horse before we um, <laughs> proceed with this <laughs> with this call. <laughs> so it's feel like I'm like I'm at a frat party right now, man, because I keep going to the restroom. But you know, yeah, it's too too much information. But hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah, we share everything on the show. So it's been really good, man. I feel a lot more energetic right now too, because again. I've just backed off on the hardcore training, you know, just really dialed in the nutrition right now and just just relaxing. And and this month about to hit on a cruise and that's going to really help out, too. So no doubt it's going to be beautiful, man. So, yes, recovery, man. Can't can't crap on it. Can't crap. I don't care who you are. No, I hit a wall myself, actually, a couple of weeks ago. I was, I was, I was trying to, doing an experiment where I was deadlifting three times a week. And it started off right where I was doing one deadlifting session, four-inch deficit, fairly light, working on speed. Mm-hmm. Then I would do two-inch deficit deadlift, moderate. And then I was doing heavy standard. But what happened is I was on my testosterone booster in the middle of a cycle feeling awesome. So I started getting a little overzealous where all of a sudden – the weight started creeping up on the four-inch deficit. Then it started creeping up on the two-inch deficit. Then it got to the point where I'm basically doing three max sessions a week on mm-hmm. three different deadlift versions, and that is not going to end well for you. So basically, <laughs> I hit a wall. Every, for several weeks, I was doing great, and then I just hit this wall where everything feels you're, everything feels heavy in terms of your body weight. Like your arms feel heavy. Your yeah. head feels heavy on your head. Your back is perpetually stiff all the time. So you know you're not you're never recovering because you're deadlifting too often. So there's there's a reason why most people who are experts in the deadlift say don't do it more than once a week. And, right. You know this is what I get for trying to prove that wrong. Now I think you can get away with twice a week if one session is very light, 50% of your one rep max, maybe working on speed. You could put chains on there if you want. I plan to do that, and then the other session a five three one style, which so is varying right. the resistance, but going for a max effort. I felt great. I took a, I took a whole week off last week, no training whatsoever. Didn't pick up any kettlebells during the day for pressing or snatches or swings. Nothing, no barbell work, nothing at all. No sprinting. Slept a lot. Got a massage. Got some spa time in. Felt really good over the weekend. Ready to work out this week. Had a great workout yesterday. Started experimenting with a closer stance on barbell deadlift as well as a closer grip and ripped 425 off nine times. So it felt really good and it felt light. Everything felt good and my body doesn't feel stiff at all right now. So a lot of times people people just skate over those, those pullback weeks, those refresher weeks or those right. back off weeks. And sometimes the best thing you can do is take a full week off and then really get into it. Don't just take a full week off where you're sitting around watching TV every night and you can't wait. To, all you're thinking about is getting up back into training the following week. No, no, no. Take a, take a full break off where you don't even think about training. Go get a massage. Go get some restoration. Go, go take a yoga class. Go do Tai Chi. Go get whatever is going to help you with restoration so that when you get back in, you're fully restored and ready to go. And one thing I should preface is I did a break-in workout at the end of last week. Had a friend come over, did some light deficit deadlifts, did some light pressing. Mm-hmm. That felt great. So this this past Monday, ready to go in and crush it. Now I'm going to make a point of taking my own advice, which is three weeks hard and then one pull it back up. for a exactly. week. Yeah, now because just- if I did that, if I did that, I wouldn't be in this state. Because the problem right. is, is my testosterone booster is so effective that you don't feel – it's hard to take a back-off week. When you're in the middle of a cycle and everything feels light and you're crushing it, you're like, screw the back-off week. Right. You know, I'm just going to crush right through that. So that's an example of sometimes it's too much of a good thing. And what's cool is, is that 
I was also, I think one of the other things that got me into this overtrained state is the fact that sleep has been off because my dog Grover's had this bad allergy where he's making a lot of noise at night and I'm a light sleeper. Yeah. So every time he goes into one of these little fits, oh, oh, it wakes not, me right it, up. Is it like that little hiccup sound like, roop, 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 no, no, like it's worse that? than okay. that. It's not, it sounds like he's choking. So oh, like wow. you'll be, you'll be in a deep sleep and then all of a sudden, <laughs> oh, okay. it's like that. It's like, Whoa, what the hell is that? Right. It's a lot better. Now I got, <laughs> you know, I was going to the vet, we're trying all these different medications, nothing's working so i was like you know what i'm gonna take charge of this the way i would take charge of my own self yeah yeah so i just started giving some some antioxidants some vitamin c and things like that he's a lot better now this is after two weeks he doesn't have the nasal discharge anymore those episodes of that sound are much fewer much fewer and far between so now i'm actually getting a much better sleep at night which is also a huge factor with being able to train well because i was working out hard not sleeping that great at night yeah that's not going to work. And then not taking that back off weeks. In other words, not doing a three-week ramp up and then dialing it back for a week. So from now on, no matter how great I feel at that week four, I'm going to pull it back in. Because guess what? No matter how great you feel in week four, if you pull it back, week five is going to be a lot better than that <laughs> right, week four exactly. would have been. So you're still, you're still selling yourself short by not doing that back off week. Yeah, I think one of the things that's helped me this past, probably these last few weeks also, is the fact that, I discovered this this issue as far as, um, you know, this pain that I had, you know, in my back and, you know, right there in the scalpel area. I discovered this once I cycled off of your testosterone booster. It's kind of like right. now that, you know, now that my Superman clouds dissipated, it's like, hey, that was good. You got really, really stronger. But um, we got this issue going on that you need to address. You know, now that the testosterone booster is you're cycling off of that right now. And it's just so funny that you said that. It's just the timing of that is pretty much the same that's happened with me because I'm cycling off now because I wanted to actually be, I wanted to time it where I would be off of it right like that month before I got on that cruise. You know, when you're on a cruise, I mean, yeah, they have their gyms and all this other stuff, but I know I'm going to have to really just kind of amp up like my body weight training and all that because I know me, I get bored with a regular gym and I can just, I have to question what kind of facilities they're going to have on a boat (laughs) or anything like that. And at the same time, I don't want to just go super duper hard because I am on a vacation here. So right. meaning those three weeks leading up to that vacation, I actually wanted to get some good training in there. So therefore, that fourth week, I'm on the boat. That's my off week. So it's, it's like the perfect timing. But now with this little bit of an injury going on, okay, this is going to be more about me recovering and just recuperating and just trying to rehabilitate this, this slight injury right now, which is even better. So therefore, that means in time from, just in time for my birthday in June, I can get back to business. You know, start another cycle of testosterone boost to really go back in and spend three weeks of June going hard and then take a week off in June or whatever. So and this is the time of year I really like to train anyway. When it starts warming up so I can get outside and get out of of the buildings, get out of gyms and all that. This is when I get to ramp things up a little bit and really have fun because I'm one of those people. You cage me up during the wintertime. I just feel like I'm working out in prison. And it's just never (laughs) it's just it just doesn't work for me right there, man. I just I can't stand it just being in those four walls. You know, I like to have the I like having options where I can be in the gym or be outside. So right. if I'm sitting there and I'm doing some deadlifts, you know, I might want to finish off and do a 100-yard sprint, you know, right. and then take a few minutes to rest and then do another set, hit about three, and then boom, go back outside, do a 100-yard sprint, walk back, and things like that, man. Just really just ramp up the metabolism, get the fat burning going, and this is that time of year when you want to do something like that. And then I'll be done because that's all you need to do. I'm like, you're doing sprints and deadlifts? This is not a workout that's going to sit, should take 45 minutes to an hour. It really shouldn't because plus your body won't be able to handle that anyway. 
So. Yeah, what I what I like about the summer in Vegas is bikini season. I, I, <laughs> that, I, ramps up, that ramps up. That ramps up. I find I like to go. To, I like to go down to one of the hotels. And what I do, I've stayed in a lot of the hotels in Vegas. And what I do is I keep my room key because now I can go back to any hotel and go to the pool and just flash oh, the room key. <laughs> you know? uh, so people are like, how do you? Man. People are like, how do you get into the pool? I go, use my brain, man. Simple <laughs> as that. <laughs> no, but it's cool because, and then some, some for those of you that live out here, places such as the Palms Casino, oh. they have free entrance for all locals anytime, seven days a week, and that's a really nice pool. So every once in a while, at least once a week, I like to grab a good book, go head down there, get some hot tub in, hot tub time in, swim a few laps, do some people watching, on, get man. some reading in, take a nap out there. It's fun. You know damn well you're not reading. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got my X-ray glasses on. From me, you know? <laughs> like, nah, there's a guy I'm sitting down, there. I'm down there with Ben Greenfield's new book, which is a great book, by the way. But yeah, you're right, Ben. I'm not reading your book, buddy. <laughs> it's just a good conversation starter. It's like, oh, what are you reading over there? It's like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> is that guy wearing a Speedo on a bike? <laughs> and, you know, Ben, I had to take a jab at you on that one, man. <laughs> How the people watching is hilarious, especially when you see like a group of people in bikinis that shouldn't be in bikinis, <laughs> all partying and having a fun time, you know. <laughs> and then uh, there's always some European guys, especially during the week, because they're coming out here on vacation. Some European dudes and a bunch of speedos, speedos. and, and there's about, a hey, group of them, <laughs> or. Or somebody, and this is the thing, because my wife, Middle East, I have to say this, and you got all the Armenian guys in the Speedos, but they're having a good time, and they're having fun, and they're hugging each other, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Wait yeah, a minute. They, Don't hug another man while you're wearing a Speedo. On, that you can smell them the second you walk in within <laughs> 50 feet radius. You know? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay. people, watch, people watching in Vegas is probably some of the best in the world, especially especially given how much international traffic we get here. So right. people from the world come here, which is why it's such a great place for our course in September. It's going to be a lot of fun. And that's just an example of how to incorporate some good restoration technique. Once just just have that day where you not not just kicking back at home doing nothing, but you really get into that. Get out into nature, go to a go to a steam room, a spa, go get a, go get those massages in. I really want to start getting a sports massage once a week as an yeah. experiment. Once well, a week for the next eight weeks and then see what happens. Yeah, I used to get one at least once a month and then I cut back on it. But, you know, after this little episode is corrected, I got to get back into that. Because, I mean, when you're, especially when I was really competing a lot, it was awesome to have that, especially after all those kettlebell competitions. I wait about a week or two to really kind of let some of the inflammation go down because, right. you know, it, it, it would kick in. It always sucks to, like, go back home. That's why I usually take about three or four days before I travel back home after a kettlebell competition. And, you know, I took Mike Mahler one-on-one and made sure that I always would get a first-class flight on the way back home just so right. I could have room to relax because yeah. being crumped up in some little cheap seat after one of those competitions, man, it sucked. And I, it actually – actually, when, it, when I really discovered the beauty of first class was actually coming back from the CKT2 from the IKFF. And this was the old school level two. Of the, of the CKT. This is where Steve just pretty much, I'm going to kill you. And I'm going to, and then you're going to, we're going to play follow the leader. I'm going to do something. You're going to do it with me. And we're going to do it for 30 minutes straight. Okay. Because you got to just tough this ish out. <laughs> okay. So you, you got to be one of the best of the best. And this is how you do it, man. Let me tell you, I end up having a, an issue with my flight coming back. So they end up copying me a first class seat. That's probably the best thing ever. I was like, you know what? 
this made that whole thing with Steve not so bad. Okay, I can I can live like this. I'm taking pictures, sending it to my wife, like, you know what? This I'm never going back to, to coach after one of these competitions or any certification nah, it's again. It's like that you ever see that episode of Seinfeld where he he and Elaine are flying around and he has a first class ticket and then she has coach and she's like, Why don't you let me have it? He's like, No. He's like, Look, you're he's like, You're not used to first class. You don't know he's like, You don't know what you're missing. He's like, Me, I only fly first class. He's like, and I won't go back to coach. I won't I can't do it. I won't do it. You know? Hey man, let me tell you. I, I think about that now because I won't fly overseas unless it's economy plus, oh, which is, no. which is the equivalent of domestic first class. It's right. spacious. If if that's not an option, I don't do it. I'm not right. going. Because I'm not gonna get on a ten hour flight or a fifteen hour flight. With my knees and my throat. No way. No way. I mean, even even in Economy Plus for Australia, that's 15 hours. It's still a bitch. But at least you have space. I mean, I had plenty of space to stretch out, move around. But the people that were in coach, I mean, they were crammed in there for a 15-hour flight. Forget it. Just not dealing with that. Right, man. And here's the thing that sold me also. When I ordered tea in first class, so y'all understand, when it comes to coffee and tea, I'm a bit snobbish, okay? So... (laughs) When they brought me my tea, it came in a cup with a saucer. Okay, first of all, in Coach, it comes in a styrofoam cup, and it's Lipton, a bag of Lipton. That's the suckiest tea you could ever give someone, people. That is the bottom of the totem pole scrounging for tea situation. But they came back in first class. I mean, it was in a cup, saucer. I mean, the quality of the tea was so much better. I'm like, oh, hell no. I could never, 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 ever want to go back to Coach and have tea again. It's like forget this, man. So yeah, thank you. Got, you gotta love how polite they are too. Oh my gosh, the first class. For example, if you're in coach and you're you're trying to grab your bag and they want you to sit down, like excuse me, sir, you need to sit down now. <laughs> now, when if you're in first class or economy plus, you like, want me to take that for you, sir? I hate to bother you, but would you mind putting your bag away? Or I'll, I'll or take care of it. I'll take that for you. I'll put that up for you. <laughs> and you're just looking like, oh, so this is how the other half lives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is what life is behind that curtain. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, no, I love that curtain. Like, that's like the line of demarcation. <laughs> will not enter here. Shh. Or better yet, like, don't worry about what happens over here, peasant. <laughs> it's like so funny. Oh, <laughs> it, it used to be like, it would be a point where, like when I wasn't – Take, like having first class seats, man. And I'll sit and coach, and then you just kind of see the the flight attendant kind of look back at coach, and then she kind of gives you this dirty look, and then she just rips that curtain and walks away. And you, so you're sitting and coach like, what the hell are they doing over there? Why why, why is she? What, what's going on? Why what's up with the curtain? And why does she give me such an attitude? And look at all of us all crazy, like ha 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 ha. You <laughs> wish you wish you knew what went on behind the curtain. <laughs> so so yeah. So once I got there, I was like, oh, so this is what happens in the curtain. Like first of all. Lounging, you can lay that seat all the way down. You have a like a, a a hole for your feet. Just stick them in. I'm like, dude, I get it now. Yeah, you don't want anyone in coach seeing this because it may be anarchy on the plane. <laughs> so it's like crazy, man. Especially if you if you're smart about it and you before you get on your flight, if you have like coach and you ask like, hey, are there any upgrades? And there happen to be one. So. What better way to piss off the people in first class that spent thousands of dollars for that seat when you got yours for like a couple of hundred bucks? I do that all the time, especially domestic. That happens all the time. Sometimes, I mean, you'll be checking in at the kiosk and it'll yeah. say, hey, you want to spend 59 bucks and go to like, first hell class? Yeah. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> I'll pay twice as much as that. I remember I was coming back from New York City one time on Virgin and the lady's like, if anyone wants to have any, uh, if anyone wants to upgrade to you before she even got it out, I was like, me? I jumped out of that seat. I mean, I did a ballistic, I did a ballistic jump out of that seat, like a box jump out of the seat before 
anyone even knew what hit them. Oh. And, you know, she, even her eyes were like all wide eyed because I'm jumping out of the, into the aisle. I was like, I'll take it. I didn't even, I didn't even hear the price. Like, I don't <laughs> even care. I'm all crammed in in the seat, the back of the plane. I was like, I don't care what it costs. I'm and paying. Plus, Virgin <laughs> first class on Virgin is way different than probably anything else other than Emirates or something like that. It's a party yeah. on Virgin, man. If you go Emirates, first class. nice. Yeah, yeah, Virgin's not. Virgin's what I fly anytime I go to Europe. Virgin's really nice. And then Virgin Domestic is also very nice. And what's funny is there were people that were trying to sneak up to the premium seating because right. it was all empty because people didn't right. want to pay the price except for me and one other guy. And so the other people were trying to just be all, <laughs> all clandestine about sneaking up up there. And then this lady, the, the, the flight attendant, caught every, them every single time. And then she had to make this group announcement. She goes, I don't know if I made myself clear. <laughs> But this is for a premium seating only, which requires an upgrade. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. It was too funny. It was like, no, people, that's not happening. Oh, man. So, yeah, those are the same people that if you go to a concert, they just go and sit in the good, like, yeah. good seats. And they just sit in and hoping that you never show up. And then yeah, that, like, hap- that happened when we went to court, man. We had great seats. I went there. I went to my chair, and there's some chick sitting there. I'm like, hey, these are my seats. And she just looked at me all dumbfounded. It took her like five seconds to realize what she should do, which is get the hell out of my seat get, and move on. It was too funny. Yeah, man. It is, or I'm trying to be polite about it. I have to laugh sometimes. But that, that happens so many times, man, all oh, the time. My wife laughs every time that happens. Like we'll walk over, and I'll, and I'll see it as I'm coming down the aisle. I'm like, oh, here we go. I said, get ready. So I'll just walk over. I was like, just going to sit there in our seats, huh? I'm like, I'm, thank you for keeping the seat warm, but I'm, we're gonna have, we're, yeah. we're, we've got it from here. <laughs> and they just start cracking up like, all right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> so like, yeah, man. So that that is hilarious. And don't sit there. Or when they look at you like you're wrong, like <laughs> yeah, and, and, exactly. and they like and they start trying to pull out their tickets. Like I say, oh, there's no use you pulling out your tickets, but there's no way. And if you do have a ticket, it's scalp. And this right here came straight from Ticketmaster themselves. So I've paid quite a few tax taxes and all these extra fees for this seat. There's no argument. Get up. Okay. Just, what's cool though is when you do, when you do premium seating in Vegas, such as the House of Blues or the Joint at the Hard Rock, which are my two favorite venues for shows, and you get a VIP pass, someone will walk you to your table. So yeah. and, and then the table is separate from the masses. It's kind of like first class all over again, right? Right. So I mean, you have your own bathroom, you have your own bar. It's it's in a totally different section of the venue where they don't where the people that are just having floor seats for example their right. traffic is not going to come to where you're at right so you don't have to worry about any of that stuff someone walks you to your table you're taken care of i i love that stuff man and it doesn't cost that much more so for example let's say for shine down two tickets at a vip table i think was 200 bucks a ticket you know something like that right which and then it's open bar and all that while a regular seat would be maybe 65 75 bucks but those so you're drinks but you're going to pay the same amount when you start going to concession stand and buying drinks yeah yeah because exactly. you're going to get a you're going to be spending 15 dollars for a freaking beer Okay, right, right. it was like, come on, people, fifteen dollars for a beer? No beer is that damn good. I don't even drink beer. I'm not paying fifteen dollars for a beer unless it's some exclusive, one of a kind beer that's like I've seen it like on the Food Network or something like that. Like, oh man, this is one of a kind, like special beer <laughs> that that came from like I don't know, you know, like from a Lily or something like that. I don't know, man. It has to be something like that to make me spend fifteen bucks for it. But beer, Budweiser, I'll just call it estrogen in a bottle, exa- yeah, I, and that's I what I do. Not, beer, beer is the most. Is, is that has the most clever marketing behind it because oh, it's God, always associated as this, yeah, it's this really <laughs> masculine thing. Let's go out for a beer, bro. It's considered like this really masculine thing to do. Yet 
it is the most estrogenic beverage you could ever drink. Exactly. The hops, the alcohol, the combination. I mean, it's just just pure estrogen. And people are going, well, where's the proof on that? I was like, first of all, I don't, I don't need to cite any scientific study. Just go look at anyone who drinks beer often. They exactly. got bitch tits and a gut. What else do you need to talk about? <laughs> and hips. 100% <laughs> of the time, they have bitch tits and a gut. You know, it's always there. <laughs> Sounds like the next MC Hammer song, bitch tits and a gut, bitch tits and a gut. <laughs> and we all know you got that bitch tits and a gut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. The two always go together. No one has a beer belly without having a bitch tits as well, right? It's like put together, man. <laughs> you know? and, and that's always the one that gets really, really drunk. And the first thing he wants to do, I love you, man. I love you, my that, boy. That's the one right there. You don't see anyone doing that when they drink vodka. <laughs> so that's why the Russians drink it. They'll sit there like, I love you, man. You my boy. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, yeah, you got like the Dosekis commercial, like the most interesting man in the world. And he's drinking beer. I'm like, no, he's gonna probably be the most whiningest man in the world because he's drinking beer. Don't be fooled by this dude, man. It's funny. It's people are like going, well, the commercials are effective. Really? I've, I've seen those commercials a million times. I've never had a Dos Equis in my life. <laughs> how, how effective? I, I've had many opportunities. I've seen it there all the time. I've seen it at the store. I've right. seen it at the store. I never, I never thought about buying one, though. <laughs> you know? I, I remember the commercials, and I like them, but there's, it doesn't carry over to me actually making a purchase. I remember the one time, one of these episodes when I said, like, yeah, man, beer is just like one big glass of estrogen. And I remember getting some emails from those listeners like, man, you hurt my heart when you said that. I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm not here to make your heart feel good for the most part. Hey, that's, that's exactly what it is. My buddies do the same thing. I'm like, you might as well just crush some birth control pills and add water when you drink that. What? What are you saying? <laughs> now, the, only, the only beer I can think of, which isn't made with hops, is a brand called Midas. Let me see. I'm look, I have a picture of it on my phone here. Yeah, Midas Touch. And that's handcrafted ancient ale. Yeah. It has barley, honey, white mascot grapes and saffron it doesn't have hops in it yeah that, I've, I've actually what, had that before it's not bad it's that's not pretty bad much how beer was made in the very beginning correct okay and that's yeah. pretty much how it was originally made and it didn't have all this. that's why back centuries ago when when water was all contaminated they would have beer like this or they would drink wine and that was the thing they would drink for that and you see soldiers and everybody else going out there and warriors they would be drinking this so it's just leave it to us to really screw stuff up <laughs> and bastardize uh, beer, it. Beer used to be made with Scottish pine bark, which is yeah. highly androgenic. So yeah. the exact opposite of the hops. And Scottish pine bark is a pretty cool product in itself. There's a company called Woodland Essence. If you just type in Woodland Essence in Google, their website will pop up. And this is a small family-run business. They sell a bunch of different herbs. And they have the best quality Scottish pine bark by far. It's really good stuff. I'm actually using it right now because I did I did an extended cycle on my testosterone booster. I did a low dose for a much longer period of time just to see what would happen, a couple months. And actually, the blood work was really good. My testosterone level was at 600, which is a really good number. It's not super high as it would be if I took three caps, but 600 is a great number, especially at my age, 40. And it's, it's, it's higher than the last several blood tests I've looked at, actually, so I was pretty happy with that. DHA was in the middle range. I, I, I didn't have any of the negatives on lipids that some people equate bulbine to, the, one of the main ingredients in my product, with a lot of the rodent studies out there. So in other words, I didn't have high cholesterol. I didn't have any kidney stress or any of that stuff. Total cholesterol was actually 180, so that's well within the range I like it to be in. LDL to, to HDL was good. VLDL, which is a greater indicator of the cholesterol that's bad for your arteries, that was 
fine on the low end. Triglycerides were good. So I was, I was actually pretty happy with this. So I was just curious to see what would happen if I took a lower dose for four months. I think I think I prefer a higher dose for a shorter period of time, though. So now I'm going to take two months off. And then when I start up another cycle, I'll do three caps for six to eight weeks, get another test, see what happens, and then take that four weeks off. Because when you go on for four months, you know now you have to go off for two months, and that's a, that's a long time to go off. But fortunately, there's other cool things out there to take. So I'm taking Scottish pine bark right now, and I, I actually really like Scottish pine bark. I'm thinking about contacting the company and putting together my own blend, such as mm-hmm. Scottish pine bark with Siberian ginseng and then having them private label for it for me. Because I actually I, th- I actually think it's a good product to take in between cycles of my aggressive strength testosterone booster. And it may be even something great to take in addition to it. So I'm going to play around with that. What's also going on is lifeextension.org has an annual sale on their blood tests. So yeah, I just to- saw that. I just saw that yeah, on, on awesome. Facebook. So I, I, I stocked up on a bunch of blood tests. I bought about three of their male hormone panels just to stockpile them because right. it's not like they expire in two months or anything like that. You know, they're right. good for about a year, I believe. So I bought a few because I want to do some testing, this quite a bit of testing this year. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to do this pine bark and some other things for the next two months, get another test, see where I'm at. And then I'm going to do my testosterone booster at three caps next time for about six weeks, get another test. And just just do more, just be up to date, just be more on this testing. Similar right. to you, after that Delgado episode, I really want to get into testing on a more regular basis because mm-hmm. what happened is, I mean, 2010, I was feeling so good. 2011, that I was like, yeah, I don't really need the test anymore. But you don't, and you don't want. I mean, going by how you feel is important, no doubt. But it's good to have some numbers behind it to back exactly. it up. Right. And and the other thing also is, I was happy with my T levels with this low dose, longer term test because my sleep sucked for like three weeks before I got that test done. Even the night before I went to do the blood test, right. crappy ass sleep. In fact, when I woke up that morning, I was like, man, maybe I, sh- maybe I should just wait a couple of days where I'm more re- well rested. Then I was like, ah, fuck it. Let's just go find out what it is right now. Mm-hmm. I, see, I see where you're at feeling like this. And the fact that my numbers were still really good it was pretty cool. So, I mean, I can't wait to do three caps of my testosterone booster for six weeks where I'm sleeping super optimal. My sleep is great right now. And then really see where it's at because sleep has a tremendous impact on your testosterone levels, your glucose levels. A lot of those things are going to be really poor if your sleep is bad because if your sleep sucks, your glucose metabolism sucks and your glucose will always score higher. I mean mine was at 88, 85 and below is what I like to see for most people. 88 is not bad. That's three points out of the optimal range. So I'm not concerned about that, especially given how crappy my sleep was the night before. But um, I'm definitely going to do some more tests. Ne- next time I do, I'm going to test for highly sensitive C-reactive protein, which I haven't done in a long time. Insulin, which I haven't done in a long time. IGF-1 as well because there's a really cool product called Releasing Pro, which is a growth hormone-releasing peptide, and it operates around ghrelin. So basically, this has been shown to ramp up your growth hormone levels quite a bit. It's considered by many to be the next best thing to taking actual injections. But what's cool about this is it doesn't shut down your natural production. It's not cheap. I mean, it's 80 bucks for a nasal delivery spray. So you actually spray this in your nose before you go to bed. And the one bottle only lasts about 10 days to two weeks. So you're going to be going through two bottles a month. But this stuff looks really cool to me. So I started taking it. And you can, you can read more about it at a website called anti-aging, anti-aging-systems.com. And the product, again, is called Releasing Pro. 
And there's a ton of information on their website about that. So something to look into for those of you that are looking for something that has some good information behind it for ramping up your growth hormone levels, definitely check it out. The one thing I have noticed with it is super deep sleep, which I normally get anyway from my recovery. I get into a nice deep sleep state. But this this seems like a next level of deep sleep where you have these ridiculously vivid dreams mm-hmm. where you actually – I've had dreams in the last two weeks where you actually know you're dreaming and then you can start playing around with stuff, which is really interesting. I've never really had that before. So it's almost like lucid dreaming. Actually. Yeah, lucid yeah. dreaming. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and usually I don't get lucid dreaming. I've had deep sleep states where I'm vivid dreaming and then I wake up like, whoa, what was that all about? Right. But lucid dreaming where you're oh, dude, it's, it's next level, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, when I, you're in a deep dream state and you're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm dreaming here. It's like, hmm, <laughs> what am I going to do in this world? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I, I have some some lucid dream like mind, mind wave apps. You know, binaural uh, wave apps, man, where you kind of get into that. And it's real freaky. It's freaky, but it's cool because it's to the point where you're in the dream. You're like, OK, this is creep. This is freaky. But oh, wait a minute, I'm dreaming, but I'm actually talking and I'm understanding that I'm saying that this is freaky. OK, like I can kill people in here. <laughs> exactly. Like, huh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is that asshole eating butter? Let me go slap the crap out of it. <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing eating butter? <laughs> what kind of diet is that, you dumbass? I'm doing any butter in my dream. <laughs> Don't you have something better to eat than butter all day long for my dream? <laughs> so yeah, it's real. It's fun, man. It's fun with lucid dreams. It's funny. You know, it goes beyond um that one. What was that? Um, oh, Inception. It's Inception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First time yeah. you saw that, it's like, oh, this is actually, they got a word for this? They got a movie about this? Oh, okay. So I'm not the only one out there doing this. It's been around for a while, but yeah, man, I can just imagine what your lucid dreams are about. So <laughs> none of, I hope none of those lucid dreams had you um, at the Palms reading a book. You know, well, let's put it this way. It wasn't, it wasn't about being on the podcast. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't about working out. <laughs> oh, man. So um, here's the question. With that, that deal that um, Life Extension has, I mean, is it just is that 50 percent off on most of those tests all around or, or do you get a bigger discount if you're a member over there? Well, you know, if you're a member, you get 50 percent off regardless. OK, OK. Yeah. So this is good for people that are not members. OK. So you can just go on and get 50 percent off for, I believe, the entire month of June or May. OK. I'm, I'm already a member, actually. So, I mean, I just bought a bunch of tests just because I was already on there. I, I, at first, I thought it was 50 percent off my 50% off that I already have. It's free? Sweet. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to stock up big time here. Sweet. But I decided to buy a bunch anyway, just so I have it. Because what I want to do is when you go through a period where you're just feeling awesome, right? You're feeling really good, really energetic. Sleep is dialed in. I want to have that blood test right there, ready to go. So I can go get tested at that moment. Right. Rather than, man, I feel great right now. Let me order a test. And then you get it two weeks later. And then, man, I feel kind of, feel kind of crappy right now. I wonder if I should still get that test. So I want to be able to have tests around so that when I'm going through an overtrained state, I can get tested, see what's going on. When I'm going through a state where I feel really good and everything's light at the gym and my mood is awesome, I can go get tested then as well. Mm -hmm. Because it's interesting to see what the numbers are at. Sometimes you'll be really surprised. Sometimes you'll be like, wow, I would have thought that would be a lot higher, but it isn't. But does it matter? Because you feel good. And other times you feel like crap and you're you're expecting your numbers to suck and then they're not that bad. So so it's it's interesting to get this intel. It really doesn't hurt to go ahead and be a member from what I I remember when that's, uh, that's when fine. I first looked at it, you know, and it was just an annual membership, but now they do month to month too. So it really is just I mean, especially if you listen to this show, as much as we talk about testing, this is like probably a good deal to take take advantage of. I would say go ahead and hell, just even at the lowest barrier to entry, just go ahead and do the month to month, you know, so you still get big benefits out of that because it's good to know exactly where you are instead of just guessing and just like like you said, it's good to listen to your body 
but it also helps to have those numbers there too. I mean, sometimes you may feel great just because you're you're producing a lot of adrenaline hormones, right. and that's an illusion where you're going to crash at some point. So you can get some lab work done, and you see your cortisol is high, and your DHEA is not where it should be, and you can go, huh, this does this. I was like, I'm feeling really good right now, but these numbers show that I'm heading for a crash. So let me make some mid-course corrections right now. Right. So it's not always as simple as how you feel. I've gone through periods in the past where like, you're just amped up all the time. right? You're right. not sleeping that well at night, but you're like, who cares? I'm amped up. Your workouts are still great. So you have this illusion that you're somehow on top of things, but you're, you're always going to crash. It never lasts. It never lasts. It's kind of like when you're in a you're you're in the zone with training, where let's say you go three weeks where like the weights just keep going up and up, and, and then you start you start putting together calculations. Man, mm. man I'm at, if I'm here right now, imagine where I'll be at the end of the year. <laughs> <And> <laughs> right. Reality is you don't know where you're going to be at the end of the year because training is like the stock market. It's ups and downs. It's not right. just linear. And other things factor into that. So you don't know what's going to happen throughout the year, man. Dude, you yeah, might you, you might injury. lose a loved one or. You know, exactly. you might get into an accident exactly. or you might have an injury when you're training. You know, and so you don't know. Or you may have an injury that's been dormant for years and all of a sudden it rears its ugly head. <laughs> so you, you don't know exactly what's going to happen. Way to go, Nostradamus. Good luck with that. <laughs> I know. I know. I'll tell you what, though. When you have that feeling where you just feel really heavy walking around and your arms feel heavy and your head feels – I mean I have a big ego. So I, at first I thought it was that. It's like maybe it's just my big ego is why my head feels heavy. But no. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was it was because I was in an overtrained state, no doubt about it. And I hate that feeling. Everything feels heavy. Like I'm doing my practice sets throughout the day, and it's 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 feeling heavier and heavier. What a lot of people do when they're in that state is they they just try to fight through it, and that's not going to work. That's not going to work at all. And that shows that you have a you have a, a more serious underlying problem, which right. is addiction to training, which is a legitimate addiction. You're addicted to working out. I always laugh when when people are like, I'm not addicted to working out. I just feel great. I'm like, okay, well, to prove that point, how about you take a week off? Well, I don't need to take a week off. What do I need to prove? I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. So, so I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not addicted to crack. All right. Let's go a month without it. What the hell you mean a month? Why would I want to go a whole month without crack? I know crack? people who could take a week off. They could, they could be getting weaker every week for 10 weeks straight, and you tell them to take a week off, and they're still going to look at you and go, no, I can't do that. It's like that's the one. That's what you should have done nine weeks ago. Right, <laughs> right. right. I mean if you want to turn this ship around, you better take that fucking week off and really get into some deep relaxation states, get a massage, get your body healed up because you're not doing yourself any favors. Just by being a workout addict, you got four gym memberships. You're working out three hours a day. Come on, <laughs> you know it's not. It's like, like not even a life outside the gym. Man. Come um, on. And, and who the hell? And why would you have four gym memberships? You want to have one like on every, like in every neighborhood you travel through. Like, whoop, there's a gym. Let me pull over here because I have a membership. Like, come on, man. it's like people that have like a garage full of cars. You got twelve cars. You can only drive one at a time, dumbass. I don't understand that. You know, so stop it. And especially when I'm watching Cribs or something like that, and you see like these hip hop artists, they have all these cars, but they have that just that one car they drive all the time. But it's like, come on, man, are you serious right now? Well, a lot of people don't like working out at home because there there isn't an audience. You know, they want to see and be seen. So one gym can't do it for you? Yeah, exactly. Well, that, well, that <laughs> exactly. Why isn't one gym enough? But sometimes people people are like, well, the home gym, I'm not going to get motivated because I like to show off in front of people or I want people to be how see how impressed they are about what I can do. Blah 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 blah. I have a gym membership which costs ten bucks a month, so I'm not exactly breaking the bank to go to this place. <laughs> right. And I go there because I work at home a lot where I, I need to get out of the house and see what's going on out there. And I go there about twice a week, do some more training there, and then I work out at my home gym two to three times a week. Now, I, I could just work out – my home gym has everything I need. I could just work out there the whole time. 
but it, but it, in my case, it's it's the exact opposite of most people. Where most people are always around people. If anything, they want the right, opposite. Right. They, 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 exactly. probably, they probably prefer a home gym. Right. Me on the other hand, I do like my home gym, but I like to get out there and just see what people are doing too. As a fitness professional, you kind of want to stay up to speed with what are people doing out there. What kind of workouts are people into right now? And yeah. that's also that's also interesting. Oh man, well I'll tell you what. If you're one of those people that you have to be seen, but you don't have to get four gym memberships. Keep your one and then train at home and turn on your webcam, okay? And then just charge a membership. <laughs> yeah, get paid for charge it. Charge <laughs> a membership to have people watch you work out so you can be seen. Take that money, pay for your other gym memberships, and go enjoy your life. Hey, how about that? It's a good business strategy right there. Instead of just going out and well, paying all that money to be seen, like, no, you got it wrong. Make people pay you to be seen if that's what you're into. Yeah, it reminds me, it reminds me of this Playboy model who used to live across the street from me in Marina Del Rey. Right. And this this girl couldn't get enough attention. She would she would sit on her veranda in her underwear on the phone for hours. <laughs> you know, now my, my, Roger was my brother was my roommate at the time. And Roger's room, his window, <laughs> his window was facing directly at her, too. So I was laughing at that. I bet I you like, never. I bet you I, I barely saw him. Like, oh, getting some work done, Roger. You know, <laughs> so it's too research, funny. research. <laughs> you got a nice view out there, Roger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure you rarely saw Roger during that time period of your life. <laughs> like, dude, are you ever coming out of that room? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's L.A. for you, though, man. That, that stuff is that stuff is dumb a dozen out there. I'm sure an apartment complex out here in Vegas wouldn't be much different, if if not worse, man. I'm right. sure it's surged just like that. But it was too funny. But I, but I think one thing that's kind of a sad commentary in our society right now is that at least America is people seem to want to have experiences so they can talk about it on Facebook. So in other words, the end goal is to talk about it on Facebook rather than the experience itself. And that's pretty depressing. So if you're at a concert, people are sitting there taking photos of themselves at the concert and they're making updates on their Facebook. So it seems that the only reason they went to the concert is so they would have something to talk about on their Facebook or other social media, Instagram, whatever they're using. Right. And this is becoming more and more prevalent. And I, I think it's a real disturbing trend where what about – the experience for the sake of the experience. I mean, there's a lot of concerts I go to where I never talk about it. Not because I care if people know I went one way or the other. I just don't need, I don't have the need to talk about it. So yeah, so you don't want to tell everybody about that Celine Dion concert, right? <laughs> that, that one for sure. I would, I, I'm, I'm all in disguise, got a hat on. It's like, you know, it's, you got the dark sunglasses and a trench coat. I'm like, wait a minute. Who let Inspector Gadget in the concert? But, no, that wasn't me. I never wore suits. Like, hey, I thought I saw you at the Celine Dion concert with the suit on. I was like, nah, I never right. wore suits. <laughs> yeah that, that's where where you want like nosebleeds or the very backs to see if you can run out before the episode before this concert ends yeah that's that's a perfect example of of the opposite of you don't you definitely don't want anyone to know you were there i mean sure to have a burka on <laughs> <laughs> like man i saw this one dude that looked just like you had a turban but it, his beard was but his beard was all black though his beard was all black so maybe that wasn't you yeah exactly <laughs> I do. I dye my beard black for, for, that, for that nice. It wasn't me. I've got a black and white goatee. Everyone knows that. Put some. Uh, what's the name of that that face cream you people put on for scars? Oh, oh um, not not biotin. Oh, damn it. Mask, right? Yeah. Derma Max. Derma Max. Yeah. Put Derma Blend on before I go. No, it's me, man. I got this scar. I mean, if, it, if you didn't see the scar, it wasn't me. Oh, you just go in total blackface, and you're like, wait a minute. There was a black guy that looked just like you, Mike, the other night. <laughs> 
<laughs> that would be <really> funny. <laughs> Just start talking to my Ken voice the whole time. So that was Ken, man. I don't talk like that. I say vodka. <laughs> I heard it. I heard him. <laughs> oh man. But right, right now on a good roll with train. I say, where are we at? The one hour mark. We can go ahead and wrap this thing up. Yeah, we can go ahead and okay. shut it down now. I'll, I'll I'll talk about the the butter biscuit dudes on another episode. I'm gonna let them just continue to clown themselves online eating this butter, this butter diet. You know who you are. You're stupid. Yes, I said it. You, you're dumb. Stop it. It's dumb. So I'm gonna do a Max Shank. Leave that as a teaser. And so we'll talk about the butter issue the next time you and I have a a Q and A show. Okay, so that means everybody's gotta stay tuned in. And see when we have another episode like that. But yeah, I'm gonna. I have to address these butter dudes, <laughs> which says <laughs> which says a lot right there. <laughs> no, we look forward to that one. Yeah. So remember, folks, use coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements, my videos, my T-shirts, my ebook, the whole shebang. And you can also get the hookup over at Sincere's website. What do you got for them? Yeah, same thing. Head over to newwarriortraining.com and you can get 30% off for a limited time now because it's got some new products coming in. So one thing about this coupon code, it, it works pretty much on every product. But this new product, you coffee lovers are going to love that. So for the time being, you'll get 30% off of all my products over there, including my digital download and physical copy of my bodyweight training DVD, as well as my weight management 101 training course. And just hop over there. You get all the details for all both of those products. All that's over there on my website. Type in the coupon code LLA. You'll get 30% off of those for now. All right. Awesome, folks. See you next time. Take care, folks.